Broken to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Ben Slinger. Welcome to the smooth evening sounds of Bitstorm. Tonight, we're going to ramp up some click pitch and get some lovely, lovely game designs in your ears. Yes, and why don't you tell our lovely viewers about that, Benjamin? Well, if they're viewers, then I'm not sure what they're viewing, because we're an audio medium. <laughs> they're just viewing a still image of our beautiful faces. Ramped up clip, bitch. Is a game <laughs> where we each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three to one, click... We each click refresh, get a new word, jam them together into a sexy word sandwich, and then swallow it whole without gas. As a game design. <laughs> and make a game design. Okay, we're How long that. can we keep these characters no, up no, for? That's it. Not that's long. It. <laughs> uh, I apologize to everybody's ear holes. Um, yeah, we're going to do ramped up click pitch. Let's get into it. Take one click. Plain stream. Muddled folding. Okay. Now, plain is spelt how? P-L-A-I-N. Because so, it's very different from if it's an aeroplane. <laughs> P-L-A-N-E. A flat surface uh, in mm. two dimensions. Um, no, plain Stupid stream. English. So, oh, stream could be so many things. I mean, I, I see stream and I see folding and I sort of go, you know, is is this a story of someone, you know, washing clothes in a stream? Ooh, or paper, like paper boats is when you just said that, the other thing I thought of. Yeah. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we combine the two. Maybe this is a small game about a child playing in a stream while their mother, like, washes clothes nearby. Mm-hmm. I could see, I could see a very like high def water simulation kind of thing yeah. in this limited space where you can just like throw stuff in the stream and watch it go down, and then you can yeah like make your paper boats and almost just a little relaxing, chill experience, you know. Well, it's it's all relaxing until your character gets kidnapped by a witch. Because uh, yeah. I'm seeing this as, as sort of like a an introduction to to like a, a bigger sort of sort of game. I um, having watched recently the um, the movie The Witch, uh, which is set in in sort of like olden times, and mm-hmm. it's a rather slow burn, but it's it's also quite like eerie how normal it is until shit starts to starts to go wrong. That this could actually be this beautiful sort of setting of the kids folding, folding things. You could throw the, throw the toy boats into the, um, into the river and see them go down and, yeah. And then you see a nice big one and you follow it. You, oh, you see a boat that you didn't make. Yeah. It's like, oh, and you follow it. You follow it down the stream. Okay. Yeah. And the woods around you start getting darker and more eerie. Oh yeah, and yeah. and I, I like the idea of you know you look forward and it's kind of dark and eerie and mysterious, and you look back and it's like <laughs> bright streaming sunshine. sunshine. You look forward and it's like lollipops and <laughs> witches all around me. They all want to eat my face, and I am frightened. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that, dude. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I. That's cool. And so, is this sort of a Obviously, it's some sort of horror game then. You're playing this child. Are you picturing sort of a third-person kind of situation? Because I feel like you can get some nice imagery of this young, scared child running through the woods, you know, well-animated. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is this is a good position to, to sort of play a few different characters. Like, from the same family, like, you maybe just play the children of the family. So you play this y- the youngest one first, and mm-hmm. it's all about how they get tempted into 
Into oh, following. that's almost the prologue, and there's just like a jump yep. scare cut to black when they get to a certain part of the forest, and you don't necessarily know what happened. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to, yeah, like the oldest sister and the mother's like, go and find Billy for me, would you, dear? So you do. And that's where the adventure sort of starts. Yeah. And it's it's all about just finding Billy. Yeah. But you come across- And getting him back. And it, and it can be, you know, a somewhat Hansel and Gretel styled witch. It doesn't have to be, you know, going along the lines of- house. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, there's a house in the woods, effectively, just off the stream. There's just something about a stream and seeing seeing one of those big water wheels turning around. Like, like you come across the witch's hut in the in a clearing. Yeah, and in it's the built right on right on the side of the stream. Yeah. And basically there's a water wheel that's turning something inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool because that the ambient sound of just that water wheel constantly kind of creaking as it goes around and the water splashing mm-hmm. is really cool. And then yeah, you get on you <laughs> You well, get inside and there's a rotisserie get built on that's built was, on on the water wheel. <laughs> I was going to rotisserie as well. I'm not sure that 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 we want that to be where you find Billy, <laughs> but maybe you find something else gross uh, on that water. Yeah, wheel, big, on that a big rodent or something like that. Like yeah, a squirrel <laughs> and it burnt uh, to a crisp. Yeah, and I think, um, you, I think it's something or it's something big enough that's like. And it is so burnt that you that you you show the player for a second like they think it is a human child, mm. uh, but then on closer inspection, yeah, it's it's like a. But I, know, but a I think in this place you also find um, you find some you know you find some clothing of Billy's or something mm. like that, and you you get the idea that yes, he's been here. Is this a but- is this sort of a gone home esque situation where there's a lot of environmental storytelling? You can you can wander around this witch's house, really discover things in the environment, uh, check them out up close. You know, find some scratched notes in a in a spell book or whatever. Or, or yeah, you and, don't and- go quite that witchy. Even it's like sheaths of note paper with weird symbols on them that you don't quite understand what they mean yeah and and maybe like there's scratchings from like previous victims Mm. um Mm. and it just so happens that you know billy's the latest victim of this of this you know which damn it billington why did you run into the woods and of course you, you could do the whole flipping it on its head because everyone's just expecting that it's a witch but it turns out that it's like this you know creature old man sort of thing or, or you know basically gender gender switch the yeah you know it's actually like a warlock or or some other magical being that is it's a unicorn not <laughs> it's a it's a like bipedal unicorn they everyone got it wrong they're not actually horse creatures at all they're just humans with horns on their heads they're, they're actually a minotaur but they only have the one horn uh yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's right in the back of their head. Strangely enough, uh, it's fairly useless. It's sort of a, um, it's a uh, statement piece. <laughs> it's a statement piece. <laughs> I was going to come up with the word where it's like evolutionary, not no longer needed. What's that fucking? That's with a D, I think. Anyway, I'll think of it halfway through the show. Mm-hmm. Everyone at home is screaming the word at me right now. Uh, Most yeah. likely. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah. So, John Click, we've got the depth. Of- no, I, I, we don't have to jump on right away, but um, I do. Yeah, I think sort of that gone homeish thing where it's that slow burn. You don't know if something's going to happen at any moment. And we can have these kind of little jump moments where, you know, when you open a door, you see like the rotisserie or whatever, and you think it's a fucking human. Um, mm-hmm. More things like that as you venture deeper into the forest and. Follow yeah, I see this. This very much as as those typical walking simulators, and you're telling you're telling sort of like a story about about these this family effectively. Mm. Like it, it mm. can it can go even further than just you know this is this could just be Act One of of the weird shit that happens this year to this family. And, right. Oh, maybe you know, they it, find it, Billy in Act One, but then he comes back and he's not quite right. Exactly. He's like growing, he's actually somewhat being- torn at the back of his head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he got bitten by the were-unicorn. The were <laughs> All right, three, two, one, click. Mm-hmm. 
Postponed jump. Pouring. Fair. Pouring? Pouring. Okay. Pouring. And fair being like a taxi fare. Oh, okay. All right. Jump. What would you need to pay a fare for to jump? Postponed jump. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I know that we go to this well quite a bit, but there's something about, like, a time taxi. A taxi that <laughs> can take you through time. We do go to time taxi well just for No, we go, to time, <laughs> we go to time quite often, but I, yeah. I, I like the idea of, you know, you're, you're paying someone to, to take you through time. Yeah, that's cool. No, I like that. Paying the fare to go on time travel. Uh, playing into the stereotypical, like, New York taxi driver. When do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> when do you want to go? <laughs> um, is it? I, I suppose we need to we need to settle down on the time travel that we're we're allowing. Um, is it Back to the Future style where it moves in time but not in place, or is it? Um, so yeah, there are a few ways. I feel like if it's if it's this common, then it's actually more like an observer sort of situation mm-hmm. where you can travel to a time, but you can't affect anything while you're there. Um, okay. So, it's sort of a situation What where, is the reason? Well, you can still go- Do you, to, Does you your consciousness only future. travel through time? So, you, uh, yeah, look, we can we can come up with some technobabble around why, but I'm sort of thinking you've essentially got the one true timeline and it's, it's always moving forward at any point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nothing else can be affected except at the moment that that time, you know, if you're there in that time period. Um, okay. So, it's very Bill and Ted's where things are moving forward at all times. Like, if you actually have a look uh, at the yeah. way that Bill and Ted's works, it's um, that there's basically two time periods. There's one in Sam Demas right now, and there's one in Sam Demas exactly 200 years in the future. Yeah, um, I think it's kind of like that. So- Obviously, there come some difficulties. Going to the past is not a problem as observing the yep. past because you can't change anything there. And so, your, your current timeline is not going to change. I, maybe you can't go to the future. I don't know. Maybe it's one of these time travel things where the, where the, the future is um, not Maybe determined. the future is, is actually locked down in, in the point that this time taxi can't go there, but it is possible. Oh, well, maybe it's treacherous. Maybe it's this sort of yep. thing where, okay, there's the one prime timeline. You can go back into the past. You can find information that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to find. You can bring that back to the prime timeline and you can utilize that information to change the future. Like that if you hadn't been able to travel through time, that wouldn't be the case, right? That almost mm-hmm. doesn't cause any causality issues. No, the- because, I mean, stuff stuff that happened in the past is, is fair game because it's yeah. already known on Earth. It's already happened. Even if nobody was there- you're only applying that information in the t- the current, the actual present day. Mm-hmm. The future, though, if you're able to travel to the future and then come back and use that information, then you can change the future and create some sort of paradoxical thing where there's yep. actually no way for you to have figured out that future. Now, you could you could just say, well, that's fine. Like, you viewed that possible future and then changed it. Um, mm-hmm. It's treacherous in a way because if you do do something to change the future, it's not actually guaranteed that what you originally saw is still playing out in any way. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've changed enough stuff in the present day that it could have completely modified uh, modified the future. And so, you know, things like- well, It's almost a minority report sort of situation where if you jump forward and see someone kill someone and then come back and arrest them, well, is that ethical? Like, you just having gone there, you might change other things slightly different that would mean they wouldn't have yep. done it or different things like that. Okay. So, this organization um, that that provides these time, time capsules slash time taxis, um, I think there's something sort of sinister about them mm-hmm. in, in the fact that I think- the reason why they're stopping people from going forward into the future, even though they're saying that this is what's actually happening, this company is actually just working out of this time period, but they're actually from the future. Oh, so they've, so they've found actually- a way to actually travel as opposed to just observe different times. Yeah. And so, they're now operating out of this. They're trying to- they're trying to get the information and letting people go back whenever they want and, you know, do the observer thing. But they're looking for certain information to try and stop something happening in the future. So, is this a and bit like Travellers? Did you watch that show on, 
I think it was on Netflix, um, which was where in the future they created this AI to essentially uh, coordinate travel back into the past to stop cataclysmic events from happening. Um, and so, the yep. people in the past had sort of these specific missions um, and these directives that they couldn't, um, you know, break to avoid letting people know about time travel, mm-hmm. but it was orchestrating them all. So, this is kind of that, but instead of any sort of altruistic uh, AI, you know, rebellion, it's a corporation, <laughs> a, a, a mega corporation uh, yep. trying to set itself up essentially to be even bigger and more powerful by sending And like, essentially what you find out, because I think you play, I think you maybe play the, um, the, the, cabbie. the taxi driver. Uh, there's just something about playing a, a time, a time cabbie. Uh, uh, yeah, and- I think maybe the cabbies- like, they get called cabbies in a- is just the local vernacular sort of thing. But yes, I think it's more like you just go into a capsule and you- it's sort of- you get a, a, an experience where everything around you- you feel like you've been transported to a place and you can kind of walk around. It's almost like you're in a very high-def VR, though, um, but yep. you're seeing that time period. And the cabbie is there to facilitate and- like get you around and it's not a self-serve situation. They're, they're kind of like an, you know, they're kind of like the old elevator valet or whatever. Um, yeah. Where do you want to go? But so what that means is they see a lot. Yeah. Um, I think what happens one day is someone from the company comes in and asks to go to a certain time mm-hmm. period and you see something that you're not supposed to have seen. Which is basically, you see the the very start of this company, which is these people just arriving from the future and and immediately the time travel stuff just all of a sudden exists. And when you look into it further, like, it's as if this company appeared out of nowhere and was all of a sudden the most powerful company in in the world. Right, if you start looking into it, you can't find any sort of- documentation around like people inventing this technology or you know yep. the build up to it or announcing it yeah it's, it, just- it's just it's as if one day apple has always existed mm. you know and so your mind has sort of almost been altered in the fact that did did apple exist yesterday i don't know because i feel like i've always known that apple has existed <laughs> yeah it essentially altered and the so- time stream enough that everyone's memories were also altered, but not so well that there's not a little bit of doubt there about this exactly. thing and sort of missing memories that it kind of couldn't fill in the gaps of because there are paradoxes in place. Yeah. And I, I kind of like the idea of also seeing like his life, um, maybe doing that, that sort of separate thing of oh, you're, yeah, you're living without the time stuff existing and then you live and basically you're almost showing his life before working for the company can he start using the time taxi to travel back and he figures out a way to go into the essentially the overlapping time streams and filter one out from the other right so he can see oh you can go back to five years ago in the version where they hadn't gone back and then you can view it in the version where they have gone back and like compare and see the differences of course there's a big red button right in the center of your of your thing that is that basically you know you're not supposed to press but you get asked by this guy to press it at one stage and that's what brings you corporeal and so you start realizing that hey I can actually go back to some of these other times and put a big button there like consumer versions of this thing. No, I think maybe you, I think uh, I do like- Maybe you have to enter a code. You enter a code and push the big red button. I think maybe you find us, but like your one, there's no way it can do it. Like they don't build that into the consumer ones, but you have, you have enough experience now um, with, with the one you've got that you can, you know, tweak some things. And I feel like you've got some nice little kind of analytic games, you know, mini games sort of things that you have to do to like separate the signals and stuff. And it means that while you're observing, you can go back and forth between either of those timelines. Because it's kind of like if you had, you know, stereo headphones and you're just going, you know, panning from one to the other. Um, Because that could give some really cool effects that you're doing in the game. But and then that- And and it kind of almost gives you that that fringe-esque- Sort of thing of where you, where you see the two different timelines where there's one with all the blimps everywhere and then there's the one that, you know, is kind of normal and yeah, you can sort of. Absolutely. Um, I think they tune, tune between the two timelines. Yeah. And that lets you then sort of go around. And I'm sort of just picturing this as a bit of a, a adventure, like a first person adventure kind of thing, maybe. Oh, it's a hundred percent in VR. I, I, w- I want to actually be 
you know, moving shit. That's true. To, yeah, VR would be good. VR would be good. Having to physically set a dial to the, to the time period they want and put yeah. pulling a lever and all this sort of stuff. There's just something about having to having to physically move these things. That's true. That's true. Uh, that would be good for sure. VR. Okay. Uh, and so I think the gameplay is kind of just around gathering evidence in these different time periods with, you know, some sort of obviously some puzzle sort of stuff of, oh, I should look in the other timeline because, you know, something might be different there or whatever. But what I think happens then is that leads you to be able to sort of essentially sneak in or break in or talk your way into their company. And that's where you find the machines that are capable of actually corpor- yep. corporally taking people back in time. Uh, and then that's- Okay. Sort of- there's something- <clears throat> Um, to to limit the amount of time periods that the cabbie can go to. Yeah. I'm thinking that each of your customers that come up, they hand you, like, a, a card. And okay. when you put that card in, you can basically um, select, you know, the, the location that is programmed into that card. So, yeah, effectively, cool. depending on how many cards you've gone through in the game, um, it depends on how many different locations oh. you can actually go to. Well, and also, because, yeah, you've just given me a nice- Papers, please, ish sort of beginning to this where, yeah, you're sitting there and you go through a few customers to obviously build up the world and build up what you're doing. You know, someone comes in and it's like, oh, I want to go to, you know, ancient Rome and, and see the fucking gladiators or whatever. And so it's like, you know, yep, okay, you got your card and you look at it. And it's like, yeah, plug it in. It comes up on the screen. You do your little handles, you, you tune it in so it's right. And then you, you watch a scene play out essentially with this person, whatever they wanted to see. You know, and then the and next- you may you may be able to you know answer some questions and and ask ask this person as to what they're, what exactly they're looking for. Yeah, and I think have some have a bit of a conversation. But then you come back and you hand them back the thing, and that's it. I think after a certain point, though, when you start seeing that some shifty stuff is coming on, coming on, that you gain the ability to essentially make a copy of the card. And so, yes, you're still limited, but you obviously you start giving the player a set of times to go to that are going to be you know, hold clues to to what might be happening. And then some just red herring random ones with sort of Easter eggs and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, you can go back to prehistoric times because you had a customer and you copied their card, uh, but there's nothing there. Um, There's just something about our our cabbie who I'm just picturing his, his time capsule has got like that that classic yellow on the outside with like the checkerboard, the black checkerboard pl- pattern all the way around. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, Again, and it's just got yeah. written like um, you know one three time or something like that. And, <laughs> and that, that's like the, the phone actual- to call. Yeah, like to book- make a booking. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, so you actually go back to his his um, place of you know, his residence and late night, late one night, you know, a card gets sort of slipped underneath the, um, underneath his door. Yeah. And that's how he, he basically, he gets a, a selection of three new cards that he can sort of go to. But I think what you find out later on is you yourself have actually slipped it under the, under the door. <laughs> okay. We're going to, and you're leading him on, on this journey. Okay. Going to bring some of that in. Uh, that'll yeah, be fun to write. I always love doing that stuff. Good, good luck writers with that one. Uh, but no, that is fun. Uh, yeah, I feel like, yeah, there's a, there's a really cool adventure you could put in place there. I was also just thinking, I wonder if you do gain the ability, because we talked about going into the future and it's being, you know, um, it's forbidden effectively. But, oh, yeah. you know, during this investigation, there obviously would be reasons to do so. And you still need a card to do it. Uh, and maybe that's one of the cards that, like, you get given at some point. And, yeah, I'm just picturing watching- Someone, you know, put in a code or whatever, and now you know that code to get through a door to get into the place or whatever. Different things like that. Um, yeah. Um, and, and maybe there's a, there's a thing of you try to, you try to just go there by itself and it says warning. This is, you know, greater than your date. Please, please enter jump code or something yeah. like that. But what you can do is you can open up the underneath and like, you know, sort hot of like jumpstart, yeah. hot wire it. That, you know. That's cool. Yeah. I like the idea of this person being. You know, an expert on this machinery now, essentially. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like the idea as well of if you go into the future, it's actually really cloudy and like it's not like going to the past where everything's set in stone and it's just high def, high clarity. You see like ghostly figures and different things because it's essentially showing you a probability cloud 
you know. Oh, God, you talk to someone and and you see, like, a ghost of that person continuing on while there's also a that person standing standing with you. Yeah. It's like- That's cool. You've basically- You've- Just by talking to this person, you've just created, like, a- A- Another- Another <laughs> parallel universe. Like- That's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I like that. Time taxi. So, who- 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 Who is the, um- Other than the- Um- Other than, you know, there's some nefarious plan. Yeah. Um- What- What do you reckon happens in the end? Do you- Do you think that- our our character actually can sort of do that moral choice of do they let the um do they let the company continue no, because I, obviously I, they're I, doing something right or I think no I think we make them a full on villain <laughs> they're a completely unethical company and the end of the story is you get to tear them down because that's just cathartic <laughs> <laughs> Fuck choices. this is just a narrative thing uh yeah you you tear this company you, down and you, or you get that you get that choice to join them or or tear them down at the end you know they they're, they're no, basically I, I your two choices i know i don't like that i think the choices are you get to choose which time stream to reinstate or to to essentially make the prime stream um either mm-hmm. way the company's going down because now you know, you've got that information and you 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 can alter the future to make sure that they can't actually gain that prominence. But because of like a quirk in, in time travel or whatever, you can essentially lock in, even though it creates a semi-paradox sort of situation, you can lock in either timeline. And so we can have given, mm-hmm. we can have given different things like, you know, maybe in the original timeline, you find out that like his his partner died- so, if you do restore the original timeline without this company's chicanery, uh, then, mm-hmm. your part- then your partner's still dead. But in the current timeline, they're alive. You know, you give that's where you give the moral choice rather than do we let this unethical company survive? It's like, no, fuck the company. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's what, it's how we're moving forward from here. Yeah. Um, that could be fun. And then you just get some alternate endings. Time taxi. There we go. Time taxi. I love it. All right. Uh, do you want to do another or should we move on to a different segment? One more. One more. Because I like my words. Okay. Tell me what you got. Psychological vandalism. Oh, that's fun. Charmed <laughs> function. So, I'm, I'm sort of thinking, you know, is this an inception sort of thing where you where you're going into someone's head and you're sort of vandalizing or oh, there's a there's a comp- there's someone out there doing this and you've got to try and yeah so the word function makes me think of programming because that's my day job mm-hmm. but i like this situation where you're essentially like creating viruses for people's brains right and it could be one of these sort of like a like a quadrilateral cowboy or something like that where you actually get to like write the commands or like or maybe it's like a visual scripting language or something where you get to kind of yep. click together these different these different things to create essentially create feelings create emotions create memories maybe uh mm-hmm. within people's minds and then there's some way that you have to something you have to do to like install it and execute it um, whether it's get them to eat a pill or like plug them into something or however you know get them close enough to a you know I- I'm kind of reader. I'm kind of almost thinking like a um, Johnny mnemonic or um, you know some sort of matrix matrixy thing where everyone's got like a port on the back of their yeah back of I their think head this is like a black mirror kind of situation where yes we've got all this software in our heads. Uh, you know, there's some sort of device in there that, that maps and mirrors our brainwaves and then learns to alter them and whatever, right? Uh, whether it's, whether it's wireless or a physical port, physical port's kind of fun. Um, oh, physical port, definitely. Like, yeah. wireless is, you know, it becomes very much, you know, that, that watchdogs thing of, oh, look, I can see their, their thing and bang, it's hacked. Whereas yeah. having to yeah. actually sneak up to someone and get them undetected and, well, you know, like plug you- a USB into their brain <laughs> and get out. <laughs> And make sure that USB is up the right this way. This is like <laughs> you get a mini game spinning the USB, uh, and it's always a hundred percent wrong the first yeah, time you, can, you do it's, it. It's guaranteed never to be right the first time, um, <laughs> nor the second time. The third time, always right. <laughs> Sometimes it takes me even more. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do we go USB? Uh, like, I am thinking, okay, this is like the early version of this tech, but it's it's taken off, you know, because people haven't sort of realized the, the holes in the security and everyone's got one of these. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of paradigm shifting tech, but almost built on old oldish tech so yeah it's a it's a relatively conspicuous and large port um <laughs> and that's why most people just, actually grow long hair because you know it sort of covers it up having a fucking coax um <laughs> <laughs> like the the uh whatever you call those fucking that kind of the bus like the coax bus network um, you know, you need to put a Terminator on one end and connect Terminator to the on the end. Yep, for that to work properly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Effectively becoming a token ring network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go that kind of eighties, nineties vibe with the tech, but it's it's yeah. This obviously completely uh, advanced brain mirroring stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like. That. Okay, yeah. I, I actually I like that. Vibe. I like that aesthetic of big chunky <laughs> laptops, like big chunky two color, like monochrome laptops. Um, oh yeah, and plugging um, in uh, via I, like a parallel port or something. I think like kids who have got the upgrade have got like an RJ forty forty five jack, which is like those Ooh, those yeah. typical like um, like your network port kind of your network port, port or whatever. Jacks. Yep, yep, yeah. But you know the older the older generations have you know the um. Like a parallel port or something. Yeah. <laughs> Nine pin serial port. <laughs> yeah. The big ribbon cables. <laughs> There's just something about like old tech that just works so well. Oh, it's yeah. It's just endearing. Yeah. You've got you've got your viruses um, stored on five and a half inch floppies. <laughs> yeah, I'll see six them off now. Whatever it is. <laughs> uh. Let me just open it up. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I I think you can go through a few different time periods, you know, and see, and see like the technology. I think it's more that as you explore the world, you learn about the different time periods and how it's like, I think you said maybe it's, maybe it's a status thing of the higher status these people are, like the the better technology they've actually got. Yeah. So everyone's got some sort of port, but the 1% have wireless and everyone else has like a a port that goes down from there. And also that affects the security then as well. Like if you've got the higher, uh, well, to a point, I feel like. Obviously, you know, you can spend more money and you'll get higher security, but also now you don't need a physical connection if they've got the wireless. And so, if you can find the exploit, you can, like, hack 20 people at once and put them all to sleep or whatever. Um, so, what is your character? Are they are they just a lowly programmer that can that is helping people out? And as he's going along, mm, he yeah. notices that there's some really nasty programs that have been uploaded into this little old lady or something like that. And he starts thinking of nefarious things. The <laughs> he thing himself does. is like doing virus scans. Uh, maybe it's a common thing, but but generally they just affect like you know. He's just s- IT support. Yeah, he's, he's just IT the support, support guy. Yeah. Uh, but I think the the current batch of viruses are m- relatively low impact in that they provide some, they, they like create some vision issue, like some weird hallucinations just at the edges Mm. of your vision and stuff. They might like make you forget things or have a hard time remembering for a little while, but it all comes back. Like there's no permanent damage. And so people will, it's like, oh fuck, I picked up a virus when I, you know, installed that, that new. (laughs) You're walking around or whatever. You're walking around and it and it does that thing from um you know the Ready Player One where they were putting ads into into the VR and you know covering people's visions and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. picturing you walking around and you and you know you've been infected with malware and all of a sudden there's this massive window that comes up and all you can see is through the periphery. Yeah, like yeah, effectively it's it's almost like cataracts. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> And so you're, yeah, you're working IT support at this like junky old. So what does shop. IT stand for? Uh, internal- I think it's integrated. Okay, yeah. integrated technology. Yeah, that's so good. it's it's all about integration into into your brain. Yeah, rather than information. That's cool. Integrated technology. Um, but you're like you're essentially the equivalent of one of those old those those ratty independent computer shops that, that yeah 
that uh, pops up in a strip mall or whatever um, in, in, yeah, like a, a sort of a poor area of town, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, def- it, it certainly, it becomes the downtrodden fighting up against the 1% yeah. and is the it, Is it one of these things where you don't actually have a port? Oh, yeah, 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 maybe. So, your your family wasn't even, even um, you know, rich enough to actually- Or is there some sort have of- Have like a port installed. Religious- installed. Like essentially religious um, grounds for not, you know, and yeah. you, you you no longer actually uh, practice that religion particularly, and you're sort of your parents have died, and you're, you know, I'm picturing you're like maybe fifty, like I think you're an older guy, um, yeah. who's and- who's just gone along this whole time, never got the port, but you fix other people's, and yep. you've just got this shop that people come to because you do good work for cheap rates, exactly. Um, but it's just, yeah. it's it's the nefarious, like, virus that you keep on seeing poking up that drags you down this yeah. dark, um, nefarious you plot s- you to, um, to vandalise psychologically. You s- yeah, you start seeing viruses that can break through and affect the brain in more nefarious ways. So, now they can affect emotions. Now they can actually rewrite memories. Now they can, mm. you know, do permanent changes to the brain. Oh, you know you know what I what I want to see in one of these things? Like, you plug into this lady's memories and you see a memory sort of playing out and in the middle there's just, like, this product placement for, for like- <laughs> And it's just like, oh, my God, this is so and you, fucking and horrible. And look, you look from the screen to her and she's, like, holding that product- <laughs> <laughs> She's got a bag full of it. <laughs> but, uh, there's just something about, like, how far would these advertising companies actually go? Mm. And Yeah. But I love putting some, some like, sort of- There's no way that we could ever make these games, by the way, because it's just- They're, they're too these huge and too- game. No, absolutely. This is, this, is, this is way beyond. But I love having some, like, little mini games in there where it's sort of, like, defragmenting or something. Like, you're- Or, like, going through a hex editor almost, and you're, you're identifying oh, the areas that have yes. changed, that have been altered, and and doing something to, like- bring them back or bring back fragments of them as best you can, like restore the data that's been overridden um, mm. because of the way it was written to the, to the you know, brain medium. Um, There's something about that visual scripting sort of thing. Um, like uh, if, if you see a graph of, of basically some code and you see that some has actually been commented out effectively and you can yeah, sort of bring that back. That's cool. Well, very much like in the Unreal Engine where you can go into the debug mode and see the code executing through mm. uh, the, the visual script um, and, and flowing from one, you know, down the, the wires. Uh, that, and you can, you really can cool. choose how, how crazy it is and, you know, how in-depth you actually go or do you actually go a little bit more simplified so that, you know- yeah, yeah. Um, Look, you could the make- further that you go down, you can actually, you know, if you start wanting to wanting to help some of the people later on in the game, you're kind of doing witness esque pu- puzzles of of you know working out and and tracing through yeah. how all these viruses Look, work. I think but- if we were, I think if we were doing this for real, you'd have some accessibility options of like, I just want to play this for the story, and the puzzles yeah. just essentially solve themselves. Or, yeah, you could go right down that path of, no, I want this to be, you know, hard and challenging and it's full on like decoding this stuff in a, in a mm. real way. And uh, yeah, I, uh, that could be really fun to really build these systems in place with this visual scripting. And it's like, oh, but I want to, you know, <laughs> I want to go into the, the code for this node in the scripting. All right. Go in there. It's like, oh, this has been changed. You know, you can, you've got little markers or something that you could determine based on yeah. different things. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be really cool. And, but just using that old technology of, you know, someone comes up to you and you have to actually have the right adapter. And if you don't have that right adapter, then you've got to work <laughs> out how you're actually going to get, like, yeah. the, um. Yeah. You, there's almost an adventure gamey or Metroidvania-ish situation yeah. there where it's like, oh, until you do a particular mission that gets you that connector, you, like, can't continue down this other path of the story. There's a bunch of, yeah. like, little side stuff you can still do, but, uh, yeah, you gate them in that way. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I love this. <laughs> yeah, that's really fun. What the, what's a shame with these sorts of games is I feel like there are aspects that would work really well in VR, plugging stuff in, blah blah. blah. But if you're doing a lot of typing and mouse stuff, that doesn't work yeah, as I, well in VR. I, I, I see the time taxi is definitely VR. This this not so much. No, I see this, this one as, I think is just a PC um, game. 
And it kind of feels like what I would- I mean, I haven't really looked into Cyberpunk 2077 that much, mm. but if it had an aspect of this in it, I would play it in an instant. I think there is some hacking stuff from what I've seen in that, uh, in that way, in, in some of those ways, but yeah, not to- I don't think it's anywhere like this. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely Cyberpunk. Um, you know, oh, yeah. Aesthetic and, and, and ideas. That's really cool. I love it. I love yes. it. I have a virus so, to make me love this game. Okay. Um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to skip the movie. We're going to go straight into second, second chance click pitch. Chance click pitch. So I haven't looked into these. This Ben has prepared the the different ones from episode five. I think we're going to go to. We're going to go to episode five. Uh, now we have three words per prompt here because, of course, we had a guest on. Um, Jack oh my god, is this from? Oh, Siege. That's Sloth. right. We had Jack first, and then Emery's coming up in episode Emery was seven. Eight, I think. It is. I think, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, the episode was Pizza Delivery Pro. I am tempted to just pick the, that one, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know that I will. Uh, I'm just going to pick one at random. I'm li- literally going to touch my screen. I missed them all completely. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's do, let's just do the first one. Growing Helium Unbuckled. Ooh, Growing Helium Unbuckled. So, I have no idea what we did on this in episode five. I'm definitely picturing hot air balloons of some sort or- Yep. But unbuckled makes me think of some sort of like personal device, flying device. Yeah. I'm just wondering, do we want to go into like a Celesti sort of- You're playing a- um, You're playing a helium balloon that has to navigate. <laughs> I I don't know about playing the balloon itself, but I love the idea of a balloon-based- platform navigation stuff in that Celeste style where you've got Mm -hmm. moves to like inflate a balloon at some point and that will start floating you upwards, um, you know, with the, with the momentum, you know, forward or backward momentum that you might've had from the jump and then unbuckling yourself essentially like cutting yourself off from that balloon um, to then drop and continue your platforming in that way. Uh, Ooh, so- I, I kind of like the idea that that's, that's how you get sort of like the float mechanics. You, you sort of hit the button and it, it does an extreme sort of burst of helium out to, to get that, get that one balloon to give you that extra little bit of, um, hovering. But of course, uh, if you turn around, you can't, yeah. you can't, you don't no, get you that quite. You can't move. This is the thing. Your forward momentum. You've got no- You have you no got air, way. No air control. Yeah, you've got no air control. Um, to get control back, you essentially need to cut the balloons uh, or balloon. So, yeah, I, I feel like there's some gameplay here around- uh, And again, it depends on how you do it. I think if you're doing it Celeste-ish, you either- In that same Celeste way, you've got a limited number of balloons until you, like, touch the ground again or something- or you literally make it a resource in some way where you've overall got a limited number of balloons. I feel like that could be punishing. No, because then you could you could get to a point where oh, I can't, I can literally not finish this room because I don't have any balloons left. I think yeah. what you do, what you have, is you have like that on any jump at the start, you have one balloon that you can you can pull out on that one jump, and it, it determines on when you pull it out, when you yeah, when you drop it. If, so if it, you're okay. still going, if your Y value is still going up when you, um, when you do it, then it'll help you. It gives you a um, sort of an upward boost. Give you a bit of a, a slowdown. Yeah. I mean, cause as, bit of a- as it actually would do, it's working against gravity. So you're going to get a longer jump. You're going to come down more slowly. I like the idea but that if you're already going down, pulling it will just give you a little bit of, little bit of leeway, but mm. it won't pull you back up. No. So what else? What I was thinking is, as you play the game, you get the ability to fire more balloons at once, right? Mm. So first, you've just got the one balloon, which is essentially kind of a glide mechanic, right? Like, yeah, it's going to get you across larger gaps. It might, if you do it, yeah, if you do it on your up, you know, on your up jump, you might get a little bit more height out of it. But you're not going to like float to the top of the level. No, definitely not. You get like a double balloon, you know, you get an extra nozzle for your helium tank or something, right? Whatever it is, you've got this explosive helium, uh, you know, filler, um, that fills these balloons instantly and you get the extra nozzle. So now you can do two. And that is, uh, it's, I mean, again, it's almost the equivalent of a double jump in a way. It's like, okay, if you're in the air, it's going to give you quite a boost. 
Um, oh, so you can actually have that floating sort of happening at the top. You can drop down and then you can set that floating going again after you get past the, sp- the spikes to actually get down oh, to the next yeah. I wonder if you little have to, area. I wonder if you have to pop each balloon or unbuckle each balloon individually. Yeah. Because um, then, yeah, you've got some things of like, okay, blast out two balloons. Um, it's going to like get me moving, you know, horizontal and maybe even slightly up. But then when you get to a certain point, all right. Unbuckle one of those, start coming, start coming down, but don't go too far before you detach the last one and actually drop onto the, like the platform that you're trying to hit. Yeah. And then you, then you can also have, you know, different things of, um, if you hit a wall, you can do a wall kick and sort of push yourself out in the different direction. Yeah. If you hit a wall, you, you can, exactly. You can then push off and you obviously you don't get any more upward, uh, movement until later when maybe you've got additional balloons. I also like the idea of the balloons, of there being puzzles around the balloons that you detach that then float up on their own without you attach. But, like, there could be where it's like, okay, you know, jump from the left side of the level, fire two balloons so you get a bit of upward momentum, get over those spikes, drop one balloon at the right time, which floats up, hits a button to open the door that you need to (laughs) float through, you know. Um, So, it's that interaction as well. But also, I think it's um, the number of balloons that you have is how many balloons you can have um, unfurled on you at once. It's basically, it's how many spots in your belt. So, you've got mm. unlimited balloons that even while while you're out there jumping, you know, with your one balloon, you can pop it and do and do another another single balloon or you can unbuckle it. Um, but yeah. it just- you you don't have as much control as if when you've got two balloons, then you then you've got a little bit more control because you've got a little bit yeah, more time to do things. You'd have to experiment with that and maybe put a cooldown or something for for putting a new balloon on yeah. or something like that. But no, I like that because then yes, you could you know to get across a larger area with like ups and downs. It's like oh, let go of one balloon, but. Uh, you know, one of the two and still have one. So you're sort of dropping down, but slowly. And then once you get past that section, it's like, oh shit, like put another two on. Um, cause I've got three slots now and it's actually going to bring me up over another obstacle. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm just wondering with inflating the balloon, is there a hold down mechanic on one of your buttons that inflates the balloon? I feel like that would add too much complexity. I was feeling like it's an instant kind of. Yeah, but you now have a you now have a balloon. I'm just wondering whether uh, whether you can feed additional air into it or additional helium. Right. I think. Look, there's definitely some interesting mechanics there. I feel like that would more have to be instead of having multiple balloons, almost. Yep. Um. Or you Ma- get, maybe maybe or that's you like the maximum- Celeste B sides. In that, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, this is was, like the harder mode. <laughs> the other thing was, or you get maximum two, and, like, each trigger fills either your left or your right, like, one of the two balloons more, um, and, and it's more the your helium is limited with a with a cooldown or a recharge or something. I, I think it's a recharge in, in the fact that when you land on the ground, um, or, or just while you're, not, while you're not using it, it slowly comes up. Slowly while you're on the ground, up. it goes up faster. Yeah. Yeah, you- do some techno babble about it, like grabbing helium from the, you know, atmosphere, from the atmosphere or something, doing fusion. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what it's actually doing is, is pulling it out of, out of like another dimension. <laughs> it's basically like, um, they've got a portal inside, sure. inside this thing. And I it's- mean, again, you could do the techno, techno babble, whatever. It's a portal from another dimension. It's just pulling the like hydrogen out of the air and fusing it into helium. Like it's literally got a fusion reactor in there. I don't know, whatever. Um, but yeah. And it's lightweight. <laughs> well, it has to be because you're literally floating on balloons. Uh, but no, I like the idea actually that the, the, yeah, the triggers inflate each balloon and then the bumpers disconnect that balloon. Mm. Um, and so that gives you actually some nuance around, all right, I'm going to fill one up a ton. And then fill up the other one up half. And like, it means that if you, you know, if you drop the one that's really full, you're going to start dropping faster. You know, you've got some, yeah, you've got some balance there. I mean, and that may actually be too complicated. I'm not sure how intuitive yeah, that would that, be. That's why I reckon that's definitely for the B sides. You know, that's, that's like the, that's the complex mechanics. The, mm-hmm. the initial game is just, um, you Fixed know, size one balloons. balloon, two balloons, three balloons. Sort of yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. And it's all about level design after that. Oh yeah, for sure. 
Well, and I think you could even bring in things like, okay, now, yeah, like letting go of your balloons do negative things as well. Like you can't let go of them at a certain point because it's going to, uh, you know, attract the attention of an enemy or something um, or, or have something drop in the in front of you that's going to kill you. It's based off the color. So, um, <laughs> God, now we're adding color in. Okay. <laughs> no, for, for certain enemies, like you can, you can sort of cycle through and choose which, which one you want, you actually want to let go. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that rather than having to do that live, you know, when, when you want to cycle through the color, it does that little pause thing and you can sort of select through. Yeah. I want to let go of the orange balloon right now. Yeah. You could, you could come up with some controls for it. I feel like that's maybe adding. An extra level of complexity um, that would be difficult. What I was going to say was maybe you get the ability to, instead of releasing a balloon, of of popping the balloon so that you, you aren't worrying about where it's going. But maybe, like, then there's- If you do that, then there's the sound um, or something. Yeah. yeah like, y- you could come up with a few different interesting things where it's like, oh, I can now no longer use that mechanic that I've been used to in the same way. I have to come up with a, a new interesting strategy to to do that, essentially. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. I, um, like it. I think we'll do one more and then we'll call it for the night. Yeah, let's do one more second chance. Um, oh, fuck it. Let's do temperature pizza carved. <sighs> of course, it's got to be temperature pizza carved. I mean, carved. come on. It's one, of, it's one of the games that I still think about. <laughs> the original one, which was a, which we're obviously not going to do, but which was a, you were in a space station orbiting Earth and you would get pizza delivery orders and you had to use weapons to like fire pepperoni and cheese onto the pizza and uh, cook it through the Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> God. Um, temperature pizza carved. So this is, a, this is not that. Um, um <clears throat> I mean, I'm just thinking it's it's like a VR game where you you're basically playing Pizza Ninja, and you're having to like carve up the pizzas and stuff. Carving pizzas in VR would be fun for sure. <laughs> Throwing pepperoni on with ninja stars, I like ninja stars. <laughs> <laughs> I I like the maybe not going full on ninja. I kind of I like the idea of having to. For one, like, spin the pizza dough above your head. Like, basically a pizza-making game in some way. Obviously, you'd add arcade mechanics in there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, getting the size of the pizza right, getting the temperature right, getting the- Yeah, like, almost a cook-serve-delicious sort of thing of, like, oh, they want a pepperoni without the ham or whatever. A pepperoni mm-hmm. without the ham. You know what I mean. Um, <laughs> pepperoni, and, no sauce. Yeah, pepperoni, but uh, not- but, but no meat. A vegetarian pepperoni, please. <laughs> uh, pepperoni but with nothing phallic on it. I'm really sensitive to that. Yeah, I don't know. That could be cool. Yep. <laughs> Is that really what we're going to end on? <laughs> no, I think we need to do one more because right, I think this was this 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 was the problem with um with that. At- at the start, that if I remember rightly, we couldn't really think of much else, and then all of a sudden, um, Jack came out with this idea of pizza in space, and we we're just like, Jesus Christ, how the fuck did we not think of that? Maybe. And we're two hundred odd episodes later on, and we, and still, we still can't, can't think can't. of it. <sighs> well, that, that one failed the second chance test. All right, I'll choose a different one. Wrong fill device. Okay, I'm sort of seeing a bartender trying to fill. Um, you know, all the glasses, all the glasses have smashed, and therefore he's just picking up whatever devices he can to to fill up and make customers' orders. Either that, or I like the bartender idea, but he has some sort of device to fill the cut, like to fill the orders, and you're, I don't know, programming it or using it in some way, or you know, you have to hit two buttons at once to mix certain drinks. Maybe a VR thing to make it. Kind of, I mean, I think we've done VR bartending, but um, it's a bit more of a automated sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, wrong fill device, wrong fill device. Um, Maybe we take Phil to be like a guy named Phil. And, and he's the wrong Phil. He's the wrong Phil and this device gets delivered to him. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. What? So- does the device do? Is it like a 
a bomb for a terrorist attack or something like. Is, is it is it a- like a um? Is it like a as some sort of portable music device that actually contains some secrets or something like that? So it's or it's kind of it, like. Or yep, is it go. a wacky little robot that you make friends with that turns out mm-hmm. to be a killing machine? That, that, that now that you've made friends with it, kind of a la Iron Giant or like Short Circuit in a way. Ah, uh, oh, Short Circuit <laughs> with murders. <laughs> I mean, Short Cir- Number Five was made to be a killing robot. Yeah, I know. Um, so, so in other words, this was made to be a nice robot, but it's now a killing robot, and <laughs> teach it to kill. Okay. Yeah, this was supposed to go to friendly Phil um, Herman, Herman, uh, who was you know turning it into a a pizza pizza making robot. There you go, a pizza delivery robot with great you know door um, doormat uh, manner. Oh, it 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 literally has like a, a little container. Uh, that opens up that it cooks the pizza in as it's going. So basically, the um, the guy you know makes the, ma- makes the pizza, puts it into the into the robot, and as it's being delivered, it's actually cooking for you. That's so awesome. when it gets there, and so this it, fill it's hot out of the oven, like it's awesome. And so this fill looks at that and goes, "Oh, this is the ignition. I put all the bomb ingredients in here." <laughs> <laughs> and and, del- and deliver fiery shape. death. <laughs> De- delivers the it fires the pizza shaped bomb out of this front slot. Um, and and so it's essentially a like building game, and you have to like, figure out how to put all the pieces together to kill people. Hmm. <laughs> There's just something about this kind, kindly robot who's just trying to make his master proud. Like- I do like the idea of a satirical kind of thing where this thing can talk to you and the game keeps giving you missions to, like, install and, and, and reprogram it in this way that's just for horrible things. And the whole time this this friendly robot is like, ah, uh, are you sure? Like, I'm not, I don't think that's very safe. Please don't bypass my safety mechanism. Oh, you did. Okay. All oh, right. I'm scared now. I could really hurt someone. Does the robot turn on you? Yeah, maybe. Because you're obviously not playing a good person in this, in this situation. <laughs> Uh, so actually I do like the idea of, of you get to the end and you've essentially turned it into this terrorist machine and, uh. At, at, fir- at first you, you know, you're trying to do the right thing and you're, and you're getting, um, you know, some of the, some of the bad guys around the area, like the drug dealers and that sort of stuff sort of killed. But well, as I'm it almost, goes I'm through. Picturing it, no, I'm almost picturing it as less, as a, as a much more, it's a smaller situation a smaller game, the whole thing is just set in your lab and it's it's almost just this dialogue as you go through and figure this stuff out and get sort of a bit of a backstory about this robot. But the last thing that you do is, like, disengage. You finally figure out how to disengage the, like, ethical- um, Safety you know, protocols. Safety protocols. And it's just like, no, I can't let you do this, and it just kills you. <laughs> like, instead <laughs> of you sending it out to kill hundreds of people, it-, it makes its own decision and now it's no longer held back by those protocols and it takes you out. Yep. <laughs> okay, so the whole thing is just you trying to get it to do these things and you're planning the bombs and you're doing all this sort of stuff and it yeah, ends up just killing you. Got, yeah, I think you've maybe got like little practice areas and stuff where as you as you install each thing and as you uh, you know, disengage all the different protocols and, and reprogram it in these different ways. You're seeing it come together and 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 doing the doing what you want in these in these practices in the simulations. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually, it's just like, all right, now it's time, and I've finally cracked the code. You know, maybe the whole time there's like this cipher cracking thing going on to to break the security of the 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 highest security ethical protocols. Uh, that will let it kill people, and yeah, <laughs> that's what. God, I mean, I would. Well, fun is maybe not the right word. <laughs> All right, that's scary. That's scary. <laughs> On that horrifying note, 
I think we'll end the episode there. Mm-hmm. If you want to find us online, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought of this and all our previous episodes. Go to podjaser.com slash bitstorm. We would love it if you gave us some feedback there. We're also part of the 8-Bit Collective, good. and that's a group of podcasters doing podcasts about games, video games, board games, pop culture, all sorts of stuff. So, go to 8bit.net, check them out, give them some love. If you like Australian gaming podcasts, then I've got the place to find them. That's the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. You can find them on Facebook. Just search for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network or look on Twitter. Look for at AGP Network. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Yeah, g'day. Uh, when you going? Yesterday, please. Have you got your card there? I for- oh, shit. I forgot my ID. No, then go. Go back to the booth. Get your card. I can't go anywhere without the card. I'll wait here.